We've been having a bunch of guests on lately, and you are in for a treat again. Justin Fatika joins Bishop Caggiano on Let Me Be Frank today. Justin is the founder of Hard as Nails Ministry, which takes aim at the psychological crisis in our country. Justin wants to communicate straight to the hearts of adults and young people who suffer that no one should have to go through their pain alone. There is hope and community. And most importantly, Jesus is the answer to our greatest need for healing. Do not turn the dial away. We're on 1350 AM and 103.9 FM or on the Veritas mobile app on your phone. To get the mobile app, go right now to the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or VeritasCatholic.com. Let Me Be Frank is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. During this season of gratitude, Giving Tuesday is on November 29th. Please support two critical ministries here in the Diocese of Bridgeport. The first is the St. Francis Xavier Fund for Missionary Parishes, which supports vibrant inner city parishes facing socioeconomic challenges. For example, many of our parishes have old boilers that break down. The St. Francis Xavier Fund is there to provide new boilers to keep the heat on in these inner city parishes. The second ministry is Foundation in Charities Mental Health Matters Campaign, which supports mental health services provided by the Catholic Charities of Fairfield County. The need for mental health services, sadly, continues to grow at significant rates. Help them during this holiday season. Simply visit bridgeportdiocese.org and click on the Giving Tuesday link or keep an eye out for an email from Bishop Caggiano with a link for your support. Thank you for helping Foundations in Faith and Foundations in Charity provide essential services to the more vulnerable people and parishes in our communities. Okay, here we go. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, we are in for a treat today. <laughs> we have one guest. <laughs> I can already tell this is going to be a ride. <laughs> so let, let me get right to it. He, I can see him already champing at the bit. This guy, for our listeners, this guy is the real deal. I'm going to introduce Justin Fatika. Justin has impacted over 2 million people at over 1,000 live events. He's been a professional speaker for over 20 years, speaking in four countries and 46 states. He's a graduate of Seton Hall University with a Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy and Elementary Education and a Master's of Arts in Education. Besides being here with you, Excellency, Justin has been on the Veritas Catholic Network before. He spent an hour on the front line with Joe and Joe. That was a fun time too. So, and on top of that, Justin has been featured on Good Morning America, ABC, Nightline, and TBN. He's been featured in an HBO film about his life and mission called Hard as Nails and in a 10-episode series on EWTN called You're Amazing with Justin Fatika. And just because he's not busy enough, he's also authored five books. He coaches AAU basketball. I just learned that there's a new docu-series coming out about that AAU team. He serves, and this is the big thing, he serves as the executive director of Your Amazing Fitness and as the head of Hard as Nails Ministry. Justin, it is no wonder you are friends with Bishop Caggiano because you are both tireless 
achievers for Jesus and the church. And thank well, you for coming on. Went through the whole thing. You should have just said, I'm a father, you know, you know, <laughs> right. He's father, husband, he's busier than I am. Way to stretch the imagination. Right. But now Justin, I have to say, I'm disappointed. 46 states. What are the other four? What are we waiting for? We need to get right. to 50. Well, you can't take the bus to Hawaii and it's hard to go to Alaska. <laughs> you know, you can't take the bus, it's hard to go to Alaska, you know. And uh, anyway, no, but my name, you know what my name means in Italian, fatigue, right? It means work, work hard. Yep, work, work. Work, 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 work. work, work so, hard, Justin, yeah. listen, for the people who don't know you, the three people in America that don't know you, for their sake, tell us your story. <laughs> like, how did you get to where you are now? Well, I think you recently had the guy on that helped me come to Christ, uh, Father Larry Richards. I think yes. you recently had him on. So he was my junior religion teacher, and he was the first guy who would go at kind of like you go at it with me and keep me focused. He was the mm -hmm. first guy that challenged me and said, you need to grow up. You need it. And, and we went at it. He was my religion teacher, uh, my junior year of high school. And I struggled Where? with uh, in Cathedral Prep, all boys high school in Erie, Pennsylvania. And when I, I spent that year with him and he challenged me. Growing up in Erie, my family, Italian, you know, family was was known and we had a pretty good foundation. So people really didn't challenge our family much. They kind of let us be. Mm -hmm. And. When I got challenged by him to be a greater man, on the outside, I'd mess with him and push back. But on the inside, I felt like, wow, this guy really, he cares. You know, he, want, mm -hmm. he, he wants to push me. Mm -hmm. And he wrote me a letter. And I, the, the story is really long. I won't go into I'll give you the basics. But the letter said this. I don't like you. And the reason he <laughs> didn't like me is because one day I put my feet on his desk and took my shoes off and he comes in the classroom. He's like, and if you know him well enough, he was not happy. And he's like, get your feet off that desk now, Fatika. And I said, you say, please. No. And he, I was 17 years old and he grabbed me literally. And he, uh, he started saying things that are inappropriate. I can't say right now. And I always tell people he was speaking in tongues that day. You know what I like? And, and, uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm yelling back at him. He says, that's more detention because I really struggled in school. I doubted myself. I didn't have the confidence to know my worth and know who I was. And I went to the office and we were fighting. But when I got this letter and it said, I don't like you and you don't like me, but I pray for you by name every day. <laughs> I was touched. I never threw that letter out, even though I ripped on him and mocked him. And if you're mm -hmm. listening, if a kid is mocking you, they're not mocking you because they don't love you and they hate you. They're probably mocking you because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting a chord like he did. Mm -hmm. Well, I went on a retreat because I was going through struggles in school, struggles with girls, struggles in my family. And I go on a retreat, adoration, went to confession for the first time and was honest. And I had a conversion and I made three commitments at that retreat that father encouraged me to go on. Number one, I said, 
Lord, you get me through this and we've all been there. I'll give you everything. And my dad always taught me because he's a very virtuous man. He always taught me, you be a man of your word. Your name matters in this community. Your name matters. If you're going to be bad, tell everybody you're bad. You know what I mean? If you're going to do good, do good. But don't disrespect our name. Be who you really are. And I said, I'm going to give my life to you. And then the second prayer I prayed was, I looked up at the crucifix, and I really realized Jesus died for me that day as a 17-year-old boy. And I said, you died for me. I'm going to die for you. And it was a moment in my life I'll never forget because I was like, I meant that. I didn't know what it meant, Bishop. Now I know more. I'm like, this it's is It's a like, slow it's death, slow death for yes. Jesus. Right. <laughs> and then the last prayer I prayed, which was a wild, 17 years old, I said, Jesus, we're going to change the world. And I meant it. The next Monday, I go to school, and Father had daily mass at 7.30. And I go there, and there's me and two yo-yos, right? I was like, all right, this is, first of all, death. I can't. There's three people in this chapel. I go, I'm not, I can't do this. And these guys, this is my life? Never. I wake up on Tuesday at like 6.15 in the morning. I get to school because we live far, about 7, 7.15. And I start roping kids in to the chapel. By the end of the week, we have like 15 kids in the chapel. Father's like, how'd you get them here? I go the same way you got me here. I jacked them up and brought them in. And so it's, that's been my story ever since. And here I am. Is that amazing? Talk, talk to us about yeah. New Jersey. New Jersey is when you yeah. gave birth to the ministry, no? Yeah, yeah. So I moved to Jersey and yeah, and... Uh, it was a challenge for me, like a lot of young people in the church. You're fired up. You're excited about Jesus, about your faith. You want to be a witness. And it seems like only the evangelicals can understand that. Or it seems like that only somebody who loves sports, who's passionate about something, can connect with you. So I was connecting with athletes. I was connecting with a lot of the evangelicals. But it was difficult because it was hard for me to connect at first. Where when I was home, I was like kind of like people really accepted me for a number of reasons and my faith journey because of Father Larry, because of my family. So this was like kind of my first time getting resistance. And I didn't understand. I'm like, what? I'm doing good in school. I'm praying daily. I'm not doing wrong here. Like, why would anybody be upset about that? And so I just started knocking on doors of, of dorm rooms and just looking for anybody breathing who had faith, you know. So I go to one guy. He's a track runner. He's still my best friend. I get another guy. He actually speaks at the Steubenville conferences, Brian Greenfield, and as one of our founders of our ministry with myself. And there's this other person I come in and I see her and she's, I walk in the room. You know how they deadbolt the rooms, you know. I walk in. And she's crying. I'm like, what are you crying about? And I, I came from an all-boys background. You got to remember this. So I need a little bit of formation. And uh, <laughs> I go, what are you crying for? She goes, I'm homesick. I go, you need Jesus in your life. You wouldn't be so homesick. She's like, you need to get out of my room. And like, she kicked me out. And now I'm married to her. So like, I always tell people, like, it, take, it takes a little bit, but I'm, I'm okay, you know? 
And so that's where at Stephen Hall, it really, I started building these deep friendships that all these people who are still involved, my wife, Brian Greenfield, and I really, because it was from New Jersey and the New York City area, it's hard to evangelize if you're from that area, the Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. And so like I, the hardest nails name fits with that area of the country because it's very difficult to penetrate the arts, but we were being, we were very effective by, Mm -hmm. by 20 years old. I was already speaking in five States and, and thousands, not tens of thousands, but thousands of kids. And there were teams of college students coming with me to these different events that I was speaking at. And it was, Unreal, and it was humbling. And so I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And my dad, who, you know, is in the business world, is like, uh, son, this is your hobby. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you're not going to be able to do this with your life. And so that's where it started. So you were going to school and doing this at the same time. Yep. Yep. Right. Right. So now, hard as nails, I never heard of it. If I never heard of it, it describe what it is. To our listeners, well, what is this well, ministry? Number one, it's a mission to awaken the world to the power of God's love, specifically reaching the hardest of hearts. So if you were to come to an event and you were like a solid Catholic, right? You'd probably be like, whoa, what's this? But if you're a kid or an adult who's disenfranchised or might not understand the faith or hasn't like been involved with the faith, faith before, or Mm -hmm. in a while, or you Mm -hmm. only go to mass a couple times a year, you're going to be like, wow, the church needs this. And so it excites that group of people. That's Mm -hmm. who we're really for. And we make Mm -hmm. a world where no one suffers alone. So we really hit why it's hard as nails is we deal with a lot of these things that people necessarily are afraid of, Mm -hmm. you know, depression, anxiety, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we, um, unfortunately kids write down, they, anonymously i've been abused you know they write down my my dad left me uh my dad ended his life committing suicide and we don't like run from that and that's been an evolution hard as nails uh it started out in my early 20s it was hard as nails because it's like yeah you need to do the hardest thing live your life for jesus christ but then i realized there was something harder to do to be like jesus christ and care for the suffering Mm-hmm. And one of the great challenges, which Steve and I have spoken about, you and I have spoken about many, in all the years we know each other, one of the hardest challenges is to help a young person realize that they're loved, that somebody cares, yeah. especially in these moments of you know, anxiety or fear or living in a world where they're always told they're not worth it. To break through that is the moment, right? That's the moment when the Lord's love becomes real, right? So so we know each other for a long time. I used to be yeah. young when I knew, when I first met you. Yeah, right? me too, me too. Yeah. And um, that story is an act of grace. So I'm gonna tell it for our, and then simply because it, it, it shows how the Holy Spirit guides in a very particular way what events, the events of our lives, even though we ourselves don't know it. Because I, 
you and you and I met originally. When was the first time we met each other, Justin? Before we I met came up to Syracuse. Remember the flight? Remember your flight? Yes, that's the story. When I came up to Syracuse, to, right? Syracuse, okay. exactly. So, I was scheduled to come up to give a talk in Syracuse. Bishop Cunningham had asked me to come up, and it was a parish event. The pastor there had, and it was, I guess, parishioners and leadership, whatever. That part of the story I don't remember as well, but I do remember the difficulty I had to get up to Syracuse. Yeah. So my flight was in the morning, and the whole idea was to get up there, be able to relax, meet the bishop, meet the pastor, have something to eat, and give a talk. My first flight was, uh, first it was delayed, then it was canceled. So then it was rerouted on JetBlue. Yeah. And it was in a different airport. I had to go down, get on plane, wait, delayed, more delayed. So now I was supposed to talk at seven, I think it was. This is 10 minutes to six. And we're still at Kennedy. And I'm saying to myself, this is not going to work. This is just not going to work. I'm not going to get there. I mean, it's, it's impossible. So I was bemoaning this fact with the stewardess, not the stewardess, but the ticket agent. And I said, you know, I'm supposed to give this talk and all the rest. And, you know, all these people get disappointed. But you, you got to tell me, if this is not happening, I'm going home. She said, I'll be right back. So she went in. And out comes, of all people, the pilot. And he said, are you the priest that has to go give this talk? <laughs> and I said, yes. He said, I guarantee you. I will get you there on time. I said, okay, we're in. So we you, boarded the plane. You know what I was went. doing? I was <laughs> calling my wife. I go, who does this bishop think he is being late? I'm going to talk to his secretary. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I pray for Mary. She's a saint. Anyway, that's another story. Okay. So anyway, and wouldn't you know it? We got there. We, we arrived maybe a few minutes after seven, got in the car, drove to the thing, and I met him and a whole slew of people from Heart is Now. And the topic was courage, power of courage, the evangelical gift of courage. I, rem I remember that because I was telling uh, John, I was telling him that the, the assistant, one of our, of our assistants goes, you're not going to talk to the bishop like that when you meet him. I go, yes, I am. I'm going to tell him exactly because I couldn't believe I was like, this bishop can freaking preach. This guy can preach. I was like. This guy, holy cow, because you were talking about your mother. And I was mm -hmm. like, I never met a bishop that was so honest about his relationship with his mother. And you were like, it was more recent, of course. So you were much right. more, it was right. more right. It was more right, right with your mother, right? right? right. Like, like what's going on with Bishop Fernandez right now and, and his mother passed away. Like it's more right So when you were sharing it. And right. I was so touched, like mm -hmm. that a bishop, cared enough about the community to share his own wounds. And then you started sharing about courage. Then I was like, oh my goodness, this is like my uncle. My, my <laughs> long lost uncle, Uncle Frankie. Oh uncle my God, Frankie. Lord have mercy. <laughs> but you know, but the, but the funny thing is, life gives you a thousand reasons to turn back. But Christ only gives you one to keep forward. And I keep have to tell forward, you, yeah. I never, I never imagined that pilot is the reason we know each other and work together all these years, because he took it upon himself to come out and say, no, you're going to do this. We can do this. And we did. I was late about 25 minutes. But I mean, but that, but, but still, 
it's so it, that was a life lesson for me besides our friendship and, and the ways that in small ways that I, I've been of help along the way. It's just You've been it, for a big me, help. It, it has been a, it, that was a life lesson, Steve, in many ways. So anyway, that was ooh, how many years? Just at least 11 years now. ago. Right. 11 yeah. or 12 years ago. Right. Yeah. Because and I don't I'll tell think you what, Bishop, that, mm -hmm. that was the one time that I know, like, there's three times I know that Our Lady sent people, like, when you know, like, that your mother in heaven, can, because I remember at that time in my life, I started really, I was, I did a consecration. I was praying the rosary for about a year with my family every day, at, you know, not missing. And I remember looking at the statue, like, look, this is so hard to bring the gospel as a Catholic. It's so hard to serve God. I said, Our Lady, I need a, I need help. You, you let me in the back door. Tell your son something. And I remember I went back to Our Lady. I was like, you brought this guy because you're like my family that I grew up with. My, my family, like, like, you know, like we built Little Italy in our hometown. And like, like I didn't I didn't have that for so long. And so you've been that for me. And and, you know, you, of course, get me on the straight and narrow when I'm getting unfocused. Oh, uh, you all and vice, and, uh, Yeah, and vice versa. I mean, I think, it, to be honest, it's like I've said to you in private, you you give me tremendous encouragement. Because in the end, anyone can preach to the choir. That's easy. Most bishops and priests preach to the choir, and that's necessary. But to go preach out into the world into what I'm going to call go into the shadows, into the places where nobody else has the courage to go. There are not many people who do that, right? Justin, you do that. There are others like you who do it. And therefore, you are kind of like the real pioneers in doing what the Lord is asking, which is go to the lost, right? Go to the people who are hurting. Go to the people who think they have nowhere to go. So to, the fact that it's not been easy is a given because the path is the hardest one to walk, but it actually yields in some ways the greatest yield, right? Because you can transform life and, and it's Christ in you, not you per se, but the grace of Christ that does that. And you've seen, you've seen stories all through these years of the ministry, right? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's so humbling when you, when you have a young girl who's on our team right now and her father, you know, committed, you know, suicide. And she says, now I know through the formation you've given me that I'm not bad. Mm -hmm. That my father just didn't know he was amazing. And if he knew he was amazing, if he knew he was worth it, then he would have never done that. And I can forgive him now, you know, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's just humbling that. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't do everything, right, Bishop? But you can do something, you know, like right, right, <laughs> you right. can't do everything, you can do right. something. And that's why I tell people, you, look, don't do everything, do something, you know, right. and you every know one of us. You know, and it's just that if I may just interrupt, forgive me for doing that. I, uh, what I have come to learn as I've been in my ministry now, for this 16 years as a bishop, that the big programs, the big initiatives, um, they can make a difference, but working with an individual person makes a much more lasting difference. It's all about individual ministry, which is harder to see the results, right? But it makes the deepest change. 
right? So Francis talks about accompaniment. That's exactly what you're talking about. And, and you have worked the accompaniment into the ministry all these years. We've worked on that, right? Hundreds and every year because you, Bishop, and you're really helping me learn that hundreds and hundreds of kids get one-on-one, -on -one, well, actually two with, we have two missionaries with one 15-year-old, 60-year-old, 17-year-old, 80-year-old, 19, 20-year-old, where they walk with them and take through an eight-step process to get them back and acclimated into the Catholic faith. And it's just unbelievable. So our missionaries will take over 100 kids, at least 200 this year, and they'll go to confession. And then mm -hmm. the kid who they're working with will go to confession. And then they'll talk about how they, how was your confession? Not their sins, but like, what did God, like, what, did you receive freedom? Did you... And they'll, it's just, it's just powerful. Like, so I think that's, what's most important. Something we do in our mission now, we, when, before we go into cities, I'll go to Columbus for Bishop Earl. We'll do 2,500 to 5,000 people. Right. But before we go in, all these Catholics, these dedicated Catholics will have seven people on a list. We call it operation Andrew. I got it through the Billy Graham crusade. And they'll have seven people that they pray for, and then they invite to this event. And then we mm -hmm. tell them the good news. And then they can either be baptized because they're going to say, I want to be, or they can say yes to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So do you consider yourself kind of like a, a Catholic version of Billy Graham? Yeah, that's how, and whenever people are like, so what do you do? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's what I tell them, like a Catholic Billy Graham, getting people to say yes to Christ and then following up on them. Right. And then sending them back to a community where they could be supported and cared for. Correct. That's why we have all these priests. We have uh, right now over 10 priests in Columbus that will ca catch all of them for us. Right. Right. With their but parents. listen, I think we're going to take a break in a few seconds. But when we come back, the first question I'm going to ask you is, what does the gym have to do with all this? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> what a what a teaser of a question. Okay, this is uh, Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. His Excellency is having a fantastic conversation with Justin Fatika, founder and the head of Hard as Nails. We will be right back after this break. If you're concerned about your end-of-life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 
and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. His Excellency Bishop Caggiano is speaking with Justin Fatica and uh Excellency, I'll turn it over to you. That was a great yeah. teaser. Oh, but the gym. Well, listen, he's Justin. I know that in the ministry, athletics, exercise um, is like a big deal. And you have a dream of a gym, which is another big deal. So let's talk about that. Because that part of the ministry, I've never participated in, and I'm not going to. But for the rest of society, tell me. Richard, we need going? a gym for a long time. You got to keep walking at least. Okay, but, but please, God. <laughs> So tell me, why, why is that such a big deal? Athletics, gym, exercise, tell me. Right now in the Roman Catholic faith, we believe in a five-step, a five-phase process and faith development for every American. You know, our apostle is born out of, out of America, of course, so we look at it from an American view. And it starts with pre-evangelization, and mm -hmm. it ends with total consecration, um, to Jesus through Our Lady. That's our process. And then in between, there's evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, right? So a gym is a pre-evangelization facility. Mm -hmm. And what that means is right now, we need a place where people can go where they might not be Catholic or they might be a, as they call them, nuns, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S, and right now, we don't have any infrastructure for that. It used to be CYO, or it used to be the church, or the, the Italian, you know, church, or the, mm -hmm. right? But we don't have it. So I've, for 20 years, I've been telling everybody, we need gyms. We need work that, that the Catholics run, that, that you're not talking about. It's like basically a, ch a Chick-fil-A, right? But a gym. That's right. right. How I and it's called Your Amazing Fitness. And so during COVID, I didn't have any events to speak, right? <laughs> so I go to my wife. I go, I've been praying. She's like, whenever I say that, she's like, oh, here we go again. I go, I go, it's time. She's like, time for what? I go, to build the gym. Now, meanwhile, if you know COVID, all the gyms were closing. So for me to go to my wife and say, it's time to build the gym, she's like, oh, all right, have you really thought about this? They're closing all the gyms. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's it, like, this is what is on my heart. So my son plays AAU basketball and he was on a team. Well, during COVID, they were looking for coaches and they couldn't find many. And so the AAU president of the team goes, hey, we need another team. Fatika, you're not, you're not busy because you just speak and you can't speak right now. You want a coach? I go, I can be a coach. So I end up like I now I'm I'm like evangelist right by day, coach by night. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I'm a coach, I'm a basketball coach, right? So I go into the gym and I'm like three, two, three months into this, and these kids aren't getting it. They don't want to work hard, they're this and that. And all of a sudden, like a kid during practice jumps me. Like a jumps kid. you. Yeah, like jumps on top because he was upset. Like, I don't want to run anymore. This is too much running. We need to play basketball. And uh, I had to, like, flip him off of me. And my son's watching this, like, what's going on? So I go home, and my son's like, hey, tell mom what happened at practice today. You know, like, 
So I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, I go, well, this is what happened. She goes, what are you doing? Like, well, these guys, they, they're the best. They deserve the best, these kids. They're amazing. They're, she goes, I know, but like, you run a whole mission and like, you know, like, you don't want to like sacrifice. So my wife's like my vor, my voice of reason. So she says, you better really pray that you're supposed to be coaching. So I go out in my backyard and I got a hoop out there and I'm shooting around. And I'm like, Lord, am I supposed to coach? And all of a sudden I hear on my heart, you need my help. Huh? And I, whenever my dad and says, I go, oh, I need your help big time. I've got issues, right? And I, he goes, well, I hear on my heart, what do you need? And I don't know, for me, there's been a lot of dissension, separation and cultural communities, you know, blacks, whites, you know, all of it. And it broke my heart because I believe it's about love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, compassion. And so God, I go to God, I go, God, I need a black man to help me, I say. That's what I said to God. I said, I need a black man who played D1 basketball, who was a father of one of my players. Because at that time, a lot of my boys on my team didn't have dads. And I said, and he goes, anything else? I go, yeah, one more thing. Most important. He goes, what's that? I go, he's got to love you too. Three weeks later, I show up to practice. And there's this kid who wants to try out. And he's a 6'2 point guard. I'm like, wow. I need that. I go, I need that guy. But he's lazy. I'm like, oh, no, another one that I'm going to have to get him with the program here. And all of a sudden, after practice, the other coach who I was coached with goes, did you meet his dad? I go, oh, he's got a dad? I go, no, I didn't meet him. He goes, he played D1 basketball. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. I, go, I go, look, I don't mean to be whatever. I got one more question. Is I know you're not into faith or anything, but I just need to ask this question because I need to know. I go, do you think that guy loves God? And the <laughs> other coach goes, because he said, God bless you like two or three times. So I'm assuming he's okay with God. I go, you got him. It was like you, Bishop. I was like, yes, yes. So I go back home like, I'm, supposed, I'm a coach. I'm supposed to coach basketball. Well, long story short, they're doing a – they. People end up finding that I'm coaching basketball and a donor fundraised over $400,000 to create a docu-series on the story of our team and how it's not about black and white. It's, it's about love. It's about peace. It's about patience and kindness and justice and compassion. And our team's coming together. And you know what? It's unbelievable because, you know, like God is awesome. And so I just hope through this that the gym's going to happen. But if not, somebody else can build the gym because they just heard about it. So it's your job. So, so listen, for the, for the missionaries, explain to people where the missionaries come into the ministry, right? Yeah. Okay. And, so, and what's their routine? Because they also go to like gym in the middle of the night, all yeah. this stuff. Tell everybody. Yeah. 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 So the, the missionaries have to work out during training six times a week. And we tell them the vehicle is working out, but they don't just work out. They work out as an intercessory prayer. They work out for people suffering. So they meet a kid that has a dad that died. And so they remember that kid say, I'm working out for John. His dad died. And, and then they work out harder than ever. And these are kids, 90% of them, who've never really worked out. 
And so now they start realizing, like St. Dominic, that the physical can be connected to the spiritual, which I think is something we need to get back to in Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And this is one way we do that. And so during the regular year, they work out four times a week. And we call it, it's, it's a prayer workout. It's, we call it the workout that's for others, you know, not for our, ourselves. And so it's, it's, it's beautiful. Like Friday morning, we'll wake up and we'll meet at 545. And that's that's their regiment. And then they, they're like Carmelite Marines. You know, I mean, they, they pray two to four hours a day, liturgy hours, you know, holy hour. They're doing divine mercy, Angelus and myself and our community. We enter into that and we have daily mass. How Half many missionaries are there, Justin? How many missionaries are there? Right now we have 18 missionaries from all over the country. Um, and these 18 are right now, or some of them are in Westchester on a mission, getting mm -hmm. ready, where I'm doing an event with Bishop Espila um, there and a comedian from Comedy Central, and we'll meet up with them um, next week. And some are running their own events. They do missionary-led events where they, they, them, four to eight of them will go by themselves to share the gospel with young people. And then others will stay back, continue the community life to keep the prayer going and pray for us, as well as serve within different committees with the staff. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the breakdown between guys and gals? How many girls? So how many boys? We're the unique part of our mission, and I don't know if we're the only one in America, but from what I've seen, we're one of the few. We've are one of the few missionary outreaches that has way more men. So right now we have 13 men and five girls. And, uh -huh. and our apostolate, not, it's for girls and guys, but our, our apostolate, our mission really, we've learned as we've evolved that it's really, um, it's for both, but it's the men are really attracted to this way of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And they stay with you for what, two years, three years? Yeah, but because of uh, two years, they're a missionary volunteer. But then they can pray. And now because of our statutes through Bishop Lucia and yourself and Bishop Scharfenberger, they can now live out this way of life as a missionary assistant or a missionary servant and do it for three plus years. Beyond that. Yeah, Beyond so we have five that, that are three they're three years or more. We have five of them. So they become kind of like the elders of the community, right? Where other Correct. young people come and kind of give them the formation. So they're really forming each other too. Correct. Mm -hmm. So out of these five, three of them have jobs and go to school with hard as nails, right? School out, you mm -hmm. know, at college and have a job mm -hmm. with us. And two of them have jobs. They actually work with Chick-fil-A and one, you know, wants to work in, uh, um, to be a, uh, a mechanic. Very important. Yes, yes. <laughs> you it's need a very those. important job. Exactly. So yeah, they can, live, they can live the way of life in regular life, or mm -hmm. they can live it within. Right, right. Okay, so now you have been doing the ministry then how many years altogether? Well, 25, me personally, but with Hard as Nails, we're up 21 years in March. 21 years. Wow. 
So look back on the 21 years. What I'm going to ask you is a very personal question. So you could pass. Jesus, help me. Amen. What is your looking over the 21 years and what the Lord has done through you and through all that, that has come to pass? What, give me one of your greatest joys in all that. What would you say? Well, there's so many, Bishop. Um, uh, uh, I can Justin, of... speechless. Write this down today. <laughs> write the date and the time. <laughs> you are a miracle worker, Excellency. <laughs> no, but there's just so much joy in it. I mean, so, so give me I, one. I'm, all right, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. two. One is like, seeing how much that Christ has touched my wife and my kids just through mm -hmm. us walking together in this as a family. I mean, I thought it would like separate our, you know what I mean? A lot of families do ministry and like serve. And they're, you know, like the Bible says, you know, like father against mother, you know, mother-in-law, you know what I mean? Like daughter against daughter-in-law, you know, like all that. Stuff. And maybe it'll happen down the road. I hope not, but. I just can't believe my kids and my wife have walked with me on this journey. And it's been the most humbling thing that they think that no matter all my mistakes, all my failures, all the good that God has done, that their dad's okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, they love that you. probably is one of the greatest joys. Right? They and love that, you and you love them. And that makes all the difference, Justin. No. Yeah, no, Indiana? it's everything. It's everything. Right. It's What's everything the other one you that. want to share? The other joy is the other joy is what I, my first joy I brought up, which is you you know me well enough to know that I'd bring this up because you know I never thought rejection was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know because you know me what like deeply, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's been hard. Mm -hmm. And. uh and it doesn't Bless get easier, does it? What's up? It doesn't get easier necessarily. No. No, I thought it'd get easier as you get older, but it gets tougher. And uh, But I can tell you, like, I can't believe I love so much better. Not I, I probably loved more when I was younger, but I love better now. You know what I mean? Like, Ah, what an interesting. Yes, I do know what you mean. Very. Yeah, it's a very I, important I, I loved more when I was younger, but better now. And, uh. I love better because I've been rejected, and uh, I can tell you, if you don't mind, one 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 thing that like me and you were together. You'll remember. Remember when I got really crushed publicly, mm -hmm. and everything in me wanted to crush back, but of course, my spirit, I couldn't do that. And I remember the guy I didn't crush back. He wrote me a letter a few years later, and. He said, I just want you to know that my son ended his life. And I just wanted you to know if you could just pray for him. And it was one of the greatest honors that if I would have crushed that man, I would have mm -hmm. never saw the beauty of rejection. I would have never mm -hmm. saw the beauty of when God says in his scriptures to Moses, right? Mm -hmm. You have only just to keep still and know that I'm God, right? Just be still mm -hmm. after he's like, 
chucking them through the Red Sea. And like, and he's like, be still. Like, I'd be all fired up. Look what we did. Fear not. Stand your ground. We'll see the victory. Lord, he'll win for you today. And then what does God say? You only, through Moses says, you only have to keep still. And I just tell anybody out there, if you've been hurt, you've been rejected, God can make that beautiful. He can make that so beautiful you wouldn't believe. And that really, I think that's what's connected me to my kids and my wife. They see that I don't fight back when I'm rejected. And they're like, my dad can crush these guys. And my dad, like, like that, then they know they can come to their dad. They know, my wife knows. So anyways, that's, those are my greatest joys. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and what would you do differently if you had to go back the 21 years, anything or anything strike you say, you know, now knowing what I know now, then I would have done mm. X different or Y different. Anything stick out in your head? Oh, I mean, like, can I not, you know, sometimes like, can I not be me for a day? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if that makes no, sense. no, the, the world would probably end. Don't do that. <laughs> no, but I, I I think what I would do, I, I, I've always been a slow listener. You know, I need to listen better. I've, you know, I, I wish I would just have listened a lot better. I, I really have failed in that, you know. You know what it is, Justin? In many ways, you are one of the most enthusiastic, zealous, um, committed layman I've ever met in my life. So when I see you, I see passion. And if I could use the image of fire, I see fire, right? And it's a beautiful thing. And some of the struggles we have, we've had over the years, you know, in our conversations and struggles in the sense of, to the extent that in our conversations, you have helped me, I've helped you, is that fire sometimes can burn so brightly that it runs the risk of burning you. And so yeah. it's always trying to like direct the fire in such a way. Yeah. And sometimes the rejection that we all experience in ministry is because people don't know what to make of it because yeah. it's not common. It's not common, right? In, 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 in church, in our church in particular, to see somebody so passionate automatically they think this guy's out of his mind when actually he's not out of his mind. He's in his mind. If it's the mind of Christ, well, this, they did the same thing to Jesus, right? In the end. Yeah. Right. See, uh, we've said this privately too, and and that is, you know, when I when we speak of hard as nails, I've always in my mind understood those nails as being not just the nails that you would have in a, you know, in a carpentry shop. It's it's the nails of the cross too. Yeah. Right. Through which we have salvation. And Romans five eight. The reading today. Yeah. Right. Right. But God yes. proved his love for us, that while we we're still sinners, sent Christ to die for us with those nails in him. Right, right. So in that sense, a gift that God gives you always comes with a price until you get love. to heaven. Right? Yeah, there's a, the, my wife says it best. She says, hey, there's a cost if you're going to love. You can stop loving, Justin. Mm -hmm. Then you don't mm -hmm. have the cost. But guess what? It's worth mm -hmm. the cost. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll cry and go, yeah, it's, you know, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. worth it. And, and it is worth it. And I, th th this past week was pretty special. You know, uh, I had, uh, you know, 
you know, like I said, I coached basketball and we were down by, we were tied up at the end where I called timeout 19 seconds. And uh, we circle around. I'm ready to give the play. Power one, right? I'm setting it up, right? And all of a sudden, this kid who's a, a guy on the bench raises his hand. And he said, Coach, we're going to win this game. It's going to be okay. He's 12 years old. And I go, oh, what do you want, Luke? It was Luigi Pascarella, right? That's his name, Luigi <laughs> Pascarella. What a kid, right? And I go, Luigi, like, what do you mean it's going to be okay? He goes, Coach, remember. Remember who we're doing this for. Because I teach mm. them that, like, you won't get nervous if you don't do it for yourself. You do it for others because then it's not about you. And I think that's something that we always need to know, that we're the mystical body of Christ. And this isn't, mm -hmm. about, uh, this isn't about me or them. It's about us. And we're in it together. Right, right. Most people don't realize, I think, that Heart as Nails is located, at least corporately, in Syracuse, right? Correct, yep. Right. So not yep. New Jersey and not the Pennsylvania. No, right. no. no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, what else do you want to tell us? Anything in particular? Anything on your heart right now? What is the Holy Spirit telling you I, right now? Well, I, I just want people to be grateful in this country. You know, there's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. It's the mm -hmm. highest homicide rate. And, in, in you know, at least in uh, Syracuse, in the history of uh, Syracuse, New York. Uh, I know is that suicide. Right? Yep. Really? Suicide rates are up like never before. And I just want people to just be grateful, you know, be grateful that you got one person loving you. You might not have two, but at least you got one, you know, like be grateful you got three people love, you know, like, and I just want you to know, Bishop Frank, I tell you, this is no, you know, this, this is no show or podcast. This is what I do every time with you. I am so grateful that you uh, were never afraid to love me. And, and I'd ask all of you to not be afraid to love others, to love somebody who's who's wounded, to love somebody that has no friend. Of course, you need prudence and boundaries and temperance and what have you, of course. But please don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid to care, because that's the greatest commandment. Amen. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We can do all this ministry. We can have all these programs. We can have all these successes. But guess what? At the end of the day, if we don't love and be patient and kind and generous and gentle, everything else is a resounding gong, a clashing. It doesn't matter. And I just want my dad, you know, he's getting older. My mom, she's getting I Look, if, if they, they might not dedicate themselves to Jesus Christ, they might. And you know what? But I want them to know that I love them. And you know what? My friends might be the greatest Catholics or they might be the worst. But I just want that's my my goal. So all of you out there, pray for me that I can do that. I pray you can do the same. Oh, my God. You do it very well, Justin. And I consider you part of my family. <laughs> Uncle Frank! That's why I tell you the things I tell you exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and vice versa. I don't you... know if I'm irreverent. If I call you Uncle Frank no. or Uncle Bishop. Sometimes I'll text you and go, Uncle Bishop Frank. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My gosh. Justin, I want to give you an opportunity. You said that you have an event coming up in Westchester. So I want to give you an opportunity to pitch it. But I have a question leading into that opportunity to pitch the uh, Westchester event. So you said there are many um, organizations out there that target strong Catholic young adults, right? 
and fantastic. They should do that. But Jesus also came, Jesus came to heal for the sick, not for the healthy, which seems for like sure. it's completely what you're trying to do. You said you're trying to reach the disenfranchised, the Catholics who feel like they're unloved and get them in the door for your events. So how do you get those people into your events and then talk about what's going to happen in Westchester? Yeah. Um, we do Operation Andrew that I explained a little bit where we get the communities to start praying for seven people and you pray for them and you pray and pray and pray. These seven people in your life. So we tell all the communities that are engaged with this event. Okay, we know you're coming. Now you're going to invite seven people and you pray for them. And then you wait for the right time a week before, two days before, the day before, right? three weeks before, to invite them and then tell them, come with me to this. And that really works because it's intentional, it's focused, and it's really effective, especially if we have time that people can really pray and marinate mm -hmm, in that. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then we want people to do that. So that, that that's what we do. And I think the event, where's the event at? The Westchester one? What parish is it at? Transfiguration in what town? Do you know? No, that one. All right, he'll find out. Go, 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 go. Justice moment. So we're at Transfiguration Church in uh, well, the Westchester area, and there's expected to be, you know, hundreds of people there. And if you know somebody, right, if you know somebody that you can look it up on our website, you know, AmazingNation.org, or you can go to Facebook, uh, at Justin Fatika, or at Your Amazing HN to look at uh, the event. But I can tell you that if you bring somebody that doesn't go to church, They'll love the event. I, I know if you bring somebody that goes to church half the time, they'll love the event. If you bring somebody that goes to church every day, they'll be questioning the event <laughs> after it's over. I promise you that. I promise you that. <laughs> Terrytown, New York. Terrytown, New York. That's where it's at. Terrytown, New York. Transfer. I apologize. I'm just being honest. It's just what's happened to me since I was a kid. That, that is great. Now I'm intrigued, Excellency. I want to go to the event. It sounds... Yeah. Oh, no. It'll be, it, will, it will be quite an eye-opener. You, you heard me preach. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember mm -hmm. that? That was so much fun. I felt like, oh, my goodness. Bishop's going to... He's going to get rid of me right after that. No, not at all. No, I picked up some pointers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God bless you, Justin, really. Don't be discouraged ever. Just keep doing I, what the Lord's asking I just you. don't want to let you down, Bishop. I want to do oh, my best. Oh, no, God you're me. not letting me down. You're not letting anybody down. Just keep uh, yeah. doing what you're doing. We're, we're going to take one more break right now and then come back with a listener question. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. His Excellency has been talking with Justin Fatika, head of Hard as Nails Ministry, a fantastic, outstanding organization. We'll be right back. It's Matt from Restless on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Each week on Restless, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. Join us each Friday at noon on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, the Veritas app, wherever you get your shows. We'll see you there. Okay, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Excellency, we got uh, a question in. It actually looks like it's two questions here. It says, Bishop Caggiano, what's your favorite place you have visited on pilgrimage? Where should I aim to visit first? 
Wow. So the first one's easy. Of all the places I've been to, the one that touched me the deepest is Fatima in Portugal for many reasons. Um, but the quiet, the, the, the reflection, the prayer, the, uh, of course, the presence of Our Lady above all else leading us to our Lord, the candlelight procession is beautiful. Now, to answer the question about where he, I presume he or she needs to go, that's a question you really have to have a conversation with someone, you know, to discern desires and where the spirit ha is, is really asking of you. But, I mean, to go to the Holy Land, to go to Rome, to go to Medjugorje, to go to Lourdes, to go to so many different places, Guadalupe, there's life. So that is a conversation that maybe the person could find someone, a priest, someone that they trust. And I think it'll be clear and discernment yeah. way to go. Yeah. You also were um, blessed to be able to take your mom to Fatima. Yeah, twice. Yeah. So that's, it'll always be a special place. See, Fatima for me is the place which stills my heart the most. Going to Rome um, is beautiful. It's inspiring, but it's also become frenetic just with the amount of people in the crowds and people going into the holy sites and not going for faith, they're going as tourists. You don't see that as much as Fatima. Fatima is one of the few places left where it's, it's not as much of an issue. And then eventually we really do have to figure out to put our foot down and say, this is not a museum, this is not a, a stadium, this is not a circus, this is yeah. a church. You want to come in and pray, fine. You want to come in and pray, then go somewhere else. Right. But I'm not in charge, so what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have a question for Bishop Frank, send it in to us on social media, or you can email questions at veritascatholic.com. Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and so is Veritas Catholic Network. And we would like to thank Foundations in Faith. A grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations in Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsinfaith.org. Justin Fatika. So the details for next week are November 9th, Transfiguration Church in Terrytown, New York. You can hear Justin Fatika. And Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Where else? You had a website that you mm -hmm. mentioned. Yeah, go to amazingnation.org uh, or check out, uh, you know, you're going to want, people are going to want to check out the, this docu-series too, because it's impacting life. So stay in touch and at Justin Fatigar at Your Amazing HN on all social media platforms. Justin, my friend, thank you for being who you are and for all the work God has inspired you to do. Don't change. Yeah. Don't all change. Right. Excellency, before, all right, well, thank you, I love you. before we go, would you please give us your blessing? Sure, of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your Holy Spirit in our midst, for the gift of Justin and his family, for the gift of Heart as Nails, and for all the ministry that they have provided, touching the hearts of young people from coast to coast and beyond. May Justin's ministry with his colleagues continue to bear great fruit, the fruit of healing, fruit of friendship, the fruit of hope. And bless all our listeners in these challenging times that we may always keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, brother, I will see you. 
I love you so much, Bishop. God bless. And and Steve, I'll see you okay. next week. Thanks, Excellency. Thanks, Justin. All right, stay strong. Yes.